This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. If you're breathing, you're qualified. But that's not entirely a strict policy. This is Funny People Talking. Hey, how's it going? This is Sean Latham. Uh, And I would rather be... Uh, hiking and then get attacked by a mountain lion and then fall off a cliff and then at the bottom get hit by a truck. Then listen to this podcast. <laughs> hey everybody and welcome to Funny People Talking. Oh yeah, it's another episode of Funny People Talking. We never introduced it this way, but I just felt like I should today. Hey, I'm Mark Rako. I'm here with Danielle Beckman. Hello. Start- hey, I'm starting Danielle off with Beckman. energy. We sound like a good old morning zoo show. What if we did this every time? <laughs> every time? Can you, uh, it's reminding me of, like, you know, my childhood, like, you know, radio moments. I, know. I imagine on a lot of those radio shows, they're more they're like, oh, God. My stomach's so upset right now. 15 seconds. Oh, God, man. I think I'm going to bar for you right here. Three seconds. And then we're on. Hey, everybody. Uh, top of the morning clock to you. Uh, TikTok. You know. And then it's Tabitha. The <laughs> it's slump. Tabitha and Mike. I'm Mike. is the Tabitha and Mike show. No, truly. Like, yeah. that's. Oh. Anyway. Isn't there a movie about that? Well, we're just going to have a normal, average show. Do you know who else we forgot to say is here? Is. Elsie! Well, I haven't even introduced you yet. Oh, I thought I said hi. Did you? I'm it's Danielle. Daniel Beckman, everybody, my friendly and beautiful co-host. And with us also is our producer, Elsie. Elsie. Who's wearing purple, shockingly. Friendly and beautiful. Yes, our friendly yeah. beautiful Elsie. Thanks for that. Hey, Elsie. <laughs> Other than offended, how are you? Just swell. Yeah? Yeah. How's and- your cat? Fine. Really? None of your business. None of your business is the name of her cat. I know, but like how no, is No, I was saying Nania? that for the audience and for oh, oh, our guests, oh. not for not for Oh yeah. You. You I can mean. always ask about none of your business. Yeah. Does that mean I gotta talk cat. about it though? Oh well thanks for contributing to the show there, I'll say. Appreciate the content. I'm just here to make sure it all goes well. Well, failure. I Anyways. feel I feel judged. Oh, you should feel judged and dismissed in a way, I would think. Anyway, um, also with us, in addition to the uh, talented and beautiful Danielle and the talented and beautiful Elsie is the talented and beautiful Sean Latham. Sean He's is... gorgeous. Hey, Sean. How's it going, guys? Thanks well, for having me on the show. It's a pleasure <laughs> to meet everybody. Oh, we're so happy Yay. to have you here. It is really a thrill to have you here. And uh, well worth the way uh, Sean, unfortunately, had a conflict when he was booked on the show before. And unfortunately, as goes with any conflict, you have to pick one side or the other. And we lost to his actual show that he hosts. I feel comfortable about that That's decision, awesome, but he though. was nice enough to yeah. come back. Not only come back, but we made him wait a half an hour, not on purpose, just because we're disorganized. And uh, anyway, the point is, is he's very kind. He's been sitting around now. He hey, well, you show. gave me beer though, so it's all right. It's like I was beer. hanging out at a, at a, in the happy hour until oh, yeah. the show starts. There you go. You know, Perfection. Right. Also, do you know what I just realized? I realized when Sean came in, I was complimenting him on like his color coordination, and then I realized I match him. We match. We are olive green. Delicious. Oh, well, that's important, I guess. So, I, it's one of my favorite colors. Just I'm a big green guy. It matches a, your New York Jets hat. That makes sense. That's true. I got to put his $20 chef sticker on this hat. I'm not a Jets fan, but the hat fits perfect. Oh, yeah. That's okay. All you do, so, so, is that a patch? No, see, I do have merch, but okay. you know, I, I don't have any awesome camouflage 
hoodie merch? Yet. So I just bought stickers, and if I like some new shit, I just slap my own $20 chef sticker on here and make my merch. That is so Perfect. cool. So if you haven't figured out... Uh, <laughs> $20 chef is uh, is uh, one of the things that Sean does. And uh, he's a barstool sports personality uh, and so cool. a celebrity and an influencer and a comedian, of course, and not necessarily all that in that order. Maybe comedian first. and uh, But uh, he's also done stuff on Comedy Central. Yep, got a couple and, appearances. Yep, and uh, he's been all over the place. And uh, he knows food. He knows comedy. Uh, he knows uh, do stuff on Sirius uh, XM as well, yes? Yeah, I have a show five days a week at 10 a.m. on the East Coast. <clears throat> the Sean Latham Show. And then it's just everything non-sports because I'm not a sports. I mean, I love sports. I watch them. Yeah. But everybody else in my office. Um, they know everything. They know, they know everything. So I'm, I'll I'm just in your come camp. off. I'm in your camp, by the way. Yeah, I'm just come off as some asshole that's just trying to talk about something that he don't know what he's doing. Yeah. Right. Because I'm not, I'm not watching every baseball game or hockey game. or I'm not watching all of that. I don't, mm. you know, I'm just, uh, just, I'm just funny and I like to cook and talk shit about life experience. Beautiful. That's all we need. By the way, I'm digging your beard. It's It's like... It's like beard, but it's a little a little fuller on the sides, almost kind of a little mutton choppy thing going. Yeah, I like to uh, you know, I like to just do random stuff. I've, I've done this one for a while. This this is the whole um, you're on gray thing, but I was doing this before uh, him. I was you know since the Wolverine days. So, I was yeah. just gonna say you're so Hugh Jackman esque right now via Wolverine. Kind of got a okay. lumberjack thing going there too. I think so. I'll take that. All right, I'll take that. Take it all the way to the. I'm bank. running with it. I'm out of here. I'm taking it off. I'm taking it. <laughs> So anyway, uh, we'll find out much more about Sean and and, and uh, his journey and and everything going on, as well as we will play an improv game we've not played on this show before, uh, as well as eventually we'll have end of show food. Thank you very much, Elsie, in advance, I guess. And uh, but first, <laughs> I, I have a question for you, Danielle. Yes, Mark. Uh, I need to understand why. Ugh, what you're always picking on I'm me. I'm not picking on you. What do you need to understand? Well, I'm I'm sort of digging the oh. glitter hair today. It's oh. not your normal I guess brown hair, I think is You can call my hair auburn. Auburn. Uh-huh. Auburn. Uh hair it, it, today it is it is full-fledged rainbow glitter. Yeah. Just completely like yeah. It, honestly, if I think about the experience of being in a place as a disco ball, that's kind of the feel that it's giving me. Thank what, you. What gives? Well, you know, it's uh, it's springtime, and what does that mean? Glitter. Sometimes hair. <laughs> there's a little bunny hopping around, aka the Easter Bunny. Okay. And guess who got a part-time job playing the Easter Bunny's assistant? Oh, that would be you. at the mall. Me. Really? You did? Yeah. I didn't know that's a lot, where a lot of people tried out that. for that, so that's a pretty coveted gig. Oh my gosh, even Sean gets I heard about it. it. it was, there's been rumblings going all around my neighborhood and building. He, I want to see that I beard and that glitter, that glitter color. I booked it. That's why my hair has full rainbow bright status. And um, I'm not the Easter Bunny, but I'm the Easter Bunny's assistant. And her name is um, Merlina, obviously. And I took my costume off when I got here, but uh, I kept the Except hair because the, well, the hair is really cool. Also, it's probably it hard takes, to get off too. Yeah. I, yeah, it takes an hour to get. Does off. it really? Yeah, I, when I get home tonight, it's gonna. Yeah, it's... my roommates are a little upset because the shower is a little. But it's but you know what? It's worth it. It's worth it for the celebratory and feeling, really. And it's I booked happy. the job 
There's barely a stipend. We won't go there. So it's basically it's like joy. I'm doing it for free. But it's the joy of the glitter. You are yeah. a joy bringer. Thank you. I think that's on my website. That's why. That's why I knew. That's that. How I heard of you. Oh my God, Sean knows all about my gigs. This is great. Don't don't your emails actually say rockets of joy or something? They like that? used joy to. Rockets? The bottom of my email used to say love and joy rockets. Why did you change Danielle? it? I changed it because. You don't want people because... to have joy rockets anymore. Yeah, now it says how dare you love Danielle. No, just kidding. Now the bottom <laughs> of my totally email. That. Now the bottom says, "Hi, I'm a dungeon master. I have a podcast, and I'm an actor, or something like that." Well, that's smart. I play Dungeons and Dragons. You okay. couldn't. You couldn't put like Love and Joy Rockets at the bottom well, of all that. Maybe I, I will. miss it. Are you no, it? you know, no pressure. Okay, okay I want this you to is do great what feedback. Makes you feel you. I I just this miss is feedback. the. I love the fact that every time you get an email from Danielle, there's a, a little shot of. A wish for your life to be better. Do you know what? I have a good idea, Mark. On my res- responding signature from my iPhone only, I will do it. That's incredible. Elsie, uh, do you like my joy rockets? I'm just asking if I can have how dare you. Yes. Isn't that genius, though? Yes. Yeah. Ready? As your email sign off? Yeah. How like dare that. you? I think, you, I think that's And what if you brilliant. write love, Elsie? <laughs> I think that's pushing it. Yeah, because yeah. I don't know. The only thing Elsie loves is none of your business and food and Cindy Lauper and bacon, which is food. Food is bacon. Yeah. So. Bacon I'm going to make a bacon food. juice. I'm going to make a bacon grease candle this week. Oh. Whoa! Yeah, I'm gonna make a bunch of bacon smell. and then you pour it all in right from your right from your skillet. Yeah, right into the jar with the little candle string. I got to get the candle strings off Amazon. It's all kidding aside, is that a real thing? Yeah, like you really, cause yeah, the, when it hardens. Yeah, isn't that like super flammable though? Good question. I have not done that research. That's why it, he's um doing a candle. So <laughs> I mean, I would do that in an open area. I don't think like just pretty sure bacon grease doesn't explode though. So put well, it that's just true. in like a metal bowl. No, I think it doesn't. I mean, it's not. You're fine. It's just like it would. If it's just going to get liquidy, like it does any other oil would. I would assume. Yeah, right? I would assume. All right, real quick. How we about a, Google it. You got a nerd tip for us today? Yeah. Okay. Just the tip. Nerd tip. Ooh. So. My nerd tip is going to be about, um, okay, are you guys excited to see the Avengers movie? <laughs> it seems like a setup, but sure. Okay, you don't have to be, but y'all listen. It's Okay, so Avengers colon, end game. Okay, so it's breaking all of these records, like, for real. So first of all, you should go get your tickets if you haven't. So I legitimately, though, was sitting in my room thinking about this question. With your glitter hair? With, no, this was before my shift. Pre-glitter. And I was wondering how... Do how does movie footage for a hugely anticipated film like Avengers get leaked on the internet? Because there are actual full scenes leaked on the internet for this. And I was literally like, why are other people being buttholes? You know what I mean? Like that's huge. That's like huge to be leaked on the internet. So I just went and Googled it because apparently, obviously, the what's the root cause of everything? Money. Someone wants to make money. Sure. So apparently People who work on the crew can leak it out. Right. Yeah. People disgruntled, maybe. People yeah. That, that focus screening or something. Yes. Premiere show leakers, and then also like anti fans. That's a thing. Or so maybe any- it's just clever marketing. <laughs> Oh hey, I mean, I guess I you're right. I don't know. Right. You might be right. That's you like, know what? Let's make they, a look. Well, but then they feel I would be. I don't know. Like that's kind of like 
a Trump move then. So maybe they're the pawns in the whole scheme. But anyway, basically, I was like, it's just kind of like careless and sad and irresponsible. And I don't know, I guess just like integrity is something that I love. And so I was just like, how... I guess the my it was more of a posing a question like how to avoid spoilers. So basically what I do is I other than this I don't google anything related to the thing and if someone is about to broach that topic that I don't want to spoiler la, on, la, 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 I literally la, la. cover my ears and I go See like for the that 3 seconds I couldn't hear anything. A whole bunch of stuff was talked about too that's wild. I know. See, I knew I didn't want you guys to spoil the spoiler for me. What I like is the first time you did that, it actually sounded like some some older woman around collecting petunias, like singing like petunia. That is literally the Or maybe Adam Sandler if possible. Very good. But anyway, yeah. So I guess my nerd tip is is like guys don't go leaking stuff. Don't go leaking my stuff. Don't go if you try. All right, thank you very much. Uh, We're going to get started and uh, get closer and closer to finding out more about Sean right after this. Mark. We just told me. Start the show. Thank you. From the Mouth Media Network Studios in New York City, and from the same people who brought you Monkey Radio with Mark, this is Funny People Talking with Mark Rako, Danielle Beckman, and Elsie. All right, everybody, Funny People Talking. We're here with the incredible Sean Latham. How incredible? Stick around, you'll find out. We're going to cover that, I promise. Uh, Daniel's pointing to Sean. But in it's case radio, so... Those, those of us in the studio weren't sure we were talking about. Swoosh. It would be the one other man in the studio other than me. But uh, but anyway, uh, glad you're here with us. Glad Sean is here with us. Uh, and I wanted to just bring something up, not because it's like some sort of trouble topic, but... Yeah. I thought about the What's other day... On? So finished watching uh, with my fiance uh, the um, the Santa Clarita Diet, right? Oh my it's gosh! One of those great, great Netflix series. That funny, show funny. gave me two free blowouts on my hair. They had they did a whole thing okay. with Dry Bar one year ago, and I had no idea what the show was. And then I got to watch episodes while they were doing my hair. So oh, that's I love Santa interesting, Clarita Diet. Interesting uh, marketing technique. Isn't there. that weird? Really interesting. Andrew Barrymore is the best. Keep going. Uh, anyway, what I was going to say is, uh, and then after it was over, after we finished watching, which immensely enjoyed it, honestly, really did. And then it was over, and I, and I didn't feel like, oh, it's gone away. I'm like... Now I don't have to make room for that in my week anymore. And I thought about that. And I think about how many when we finish binging something now as part of our culture. Yeah. It feels like like when TV season is over and and, and all the TV shows that we may watch are completed for this season. I feel this sense of like. It's, it's off. It's off my load of things I ha- I have to accomplish to make sure I watch these shows each week so that I don't get too far behind culturally wow. or whatever. And Speaking thought, of spoilers, then I thought, how? Well, that's true. There you if go. you're too far behind, you know, people are gonna figure like this is like three months ago. No one's gonna be talking about this now. I'm free to talk about it. I'm Ugh. like, oh my god, there yet. But right. um, 
You know, I mean, I still haven't watched a single episode of Game of Thrones. So guess what? I watched my first half hour today. Did you? How was today. it? Today. Did you enjoy it? Uh, yo, that's intense. Have you watched it all? No, I just get called "You're on Gray" every day on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> I can see that. But wait, so you've never seen any? Never. I, I, I have never, ever. You guys, but I started today. Thirty minutes. Wow. Terrifying. Terrifying. For well, episode I, one. Oh, season you don't one? like scary episode stuff. Episode one, though, so. season one. But listen, I played Dungeons and Dragons, so it literally is like my life, you but think? terrifying. Maybe you should eat some mushrooms and watch this. Oh, dear heavens really no. That is it. a recipe for some actual murder. I was eating sauteed <laughs> mushrooms when I was watching. Well, I didn't Were you watch having it. a portobello? Oh. Um, you know what, Mark? This is so crazy you're saying this, though, because we had a previous guest. Uh, her name was Alicia Reiner. She was on Orange is the New Black. She was on the show called Better Things. And, and movie I, Egg. And Egg. Have you ever watched Better Things? Because I just, no. I literally. I saw you been watching it. I binged it. And it has been living in my soul. It's that good. It's okay. so good that it, it has it's not affected. not just good, it's better. It's better things. No, it's really affected me. <laughs> I'm telling you guys. And I don't know if it's because also like. Was the name of the show? It's called Better Things. Okay, Better Things. What's it What's it basically about? Pamela Adlon wrote Star. She's the star. She's the writer. She's she's the lead actor. She's the head producer. She's the showrunner. Louis C.K. is another producer on it. And um, it's literally her life with her, her three kids. And the way that it is filmed is it almost gives you a relief because you don't need to track characters. Mm-hmm. All you need to track is her. That's it. And it is so good. It's like gotten down in my soul. I was tagging Alicia Reiner because I was like, Alicia, mm-hmm. you're brilliant on it. Who, by the way, responds. Um, I see that. I know. I love her so much. She's very cool. She's so awesome. And like cool she's she's in about half the episodes. There's two seasons now. But I'm telling you, I don't know your sounds style. Exactly, actually, it sounds really good. I would love to see, listen, watch Yeah, this. like, do, what's your favorite show right now? Or what shows do you like? Um, like, what's you your want, style, Sean? First thing I would recommend, I'd go right to, like, Fargo Season 2. I've heard that's quite good. And, you know, Season 3 was wonderful as well. Season 1 is the same as the movie. I mean, you're playing okay. you know, the same plot line. Okay, cool. But none of, them, none of them coincide, so it doesn't matter what you watch first. Who's in that again? Uh, season 2 has Ted Danson, and, I mean, I'm not really good with actor names. okay. But that's I, cool. But it is just it's you know, from costume to music on down set story writing, the you know it takes place in the late seventies. You know Fine. all the plot lines are wonderful. But um, wow, who else? There's so many people playing. I just don't know people's names. But it's I, I watched it twice. I mm. went through a, wow. the Reddit streamed on it. Uh-huh. I went through they they had a podcast about that show Whoa. with. The person who did the costumes, people who did makeup, things, people who were on set, because um, obviously the costumes were pretty large, because it's done in the seventies, you know, and they wow. they built this awesome diner where things take place, and wow, it's just one of those shows that just it just was it just really hit me hard. And Great, I mean, now it's two freaking it. new shows I got to watch because they both sound really awesome. But listen, Damn there's it. no checklist here because that I mean that impacted you in a di- in, were you not expecting it? I was not expecting me to, to be that into it. Yeah. I mean, it does, things that happened in it, there was like, that are, you know, it's, it's factually based, but there are things that happen that are, you know, they have witness account, but is it real? You know, there's some, there's okay. just a lot going on in that, in that, and it did even sent me down rabbit holes mm. researching, you know, really going off. And yeah. it's, and it's, it's one cool. hell of a show. 
Isn't that funny when that happens? You just try to show out just for the hell of it, and then you're like, God, I didn't see this coming. You know, speaking of Ted Danson, yeah. one that was like that for me was um, The Good Place. Have you seen that? Yeah, no, but what the fork? I wish I did, <laughs> because I heard it's super cute. It, 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 I have to tell you, I, I had resisted it for a long time, and then my fiance was like, oh, let's watch it. And so we started watching our hour. Maybe I said, let's watch it. I don't remember which it was. But uh, regardless... And very quickly hooked because it was just simply so clever. Mm. So clever and so interestingly thought about. Like one of those things that you watch and you go, wow, they really – remember how we talked about the new Star Trek series, Star Trek Discovery? And we talked about the idea that you can't think about that stuff as you go. They must have mapped that whole thing out way in advance to be that complex and mm-hmm. thoughtful plot line and characters and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you enjoy the Star Trek or not, uh, Sean, but... We talk um, about Star Trek a lot on this Yeah, we do. Yeah, no, I, growing up, you had to choose. I'm 40, so I was G.I. Joe or Space. You know, you had to pick. Which would you go? G.I. Oh, Joe? G.I. Joe. So, I know, I could tell from your he's shirt. He's wearing yeah, camouflage right now. <laughs> 40. So. I had a G.I. Joe. I had, July, I had the G.I. Joe Jeep, and I had the G.I. Joe... Uh, I respect that. I, I had the G.I. Joe with Kung Fu Grip. I yeah. had... Uh, also had a six million dollar man doll when I was younger. That okay. was cool. They had a like the bionics, like a thing, like a wow. square bionics you could put in his arm, the Steve Austin arm, and take it out, and then a little a little pump action thing in the back of his back that made his his arm go up and like. Well, that's some, some cash right now. Probably would six I'm, million bucks. I, I had I had a, his rocket that right. opened up into an operating table. And that was a toy, man. I didn't know it was a toy. I'm, a, I'm actually going to go home later after I smoke a sweet ass, fat ass joint in my, right there in my window, <laughs> and then I'm going to uh, I'm going to Google that toy. And I'm going to see how much it goes on eBay for. <laughs> Mark, where's your toy, man? It's gone. I, I don't know what I did with it. You know, I, even I though I you don't it. have it anymore, I still would be like, oh he man, you would have had this toy. <laughs> I'm going to do that. You know what? I cannot wait to see your Instagram post about this and just just it's it. it it's going to be curated. The, the, the depths he will go into in this description, I cannot wait to see. I trust that will happen. All right. So uh, before we go on, quickly, we must pay a visit to the comedy gods yes. with our appeal to Tina Fey, which we do each episode. Basically, what we're doing, Sean, is uh, one of our great wishes is to have some moments with Tina Fey in the studio, through the phone, whatever it may be. Where on she interacts location. with the show on location. We'll go to her, whatever. Uh, this is a result of a number of close calls I've had being able to interact with her. Um, and so we're just going to take a quick moment, pray to the comedy gobs, gods. Feel free to join in if okay, you like. Okay. Uh, it's up to you. Um, and and uh, so begin. Uh, Tina please, Fey. Tina Fey. Once I saw you by a Bank Tina of America, Fey. Tina, and it was you great. You are the best. We want and you on the show. Call us, write a letter, email, text, I don't know, Anything post Anything you can do. We love you. And big fan of a strong malty stout. He's he's praying for his own things. <laughs> no, I was, I was just thanking her for some oh, stuff. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. That's we were just asking. He was offering. He was. That's the way to go, Sean. Yeah, we. I didn't even think to you go like thank stout? you for me, no, girls. Thank, thank you for, you for Thirty for Rock. Oh, that's the way. To, so we've been doing it at the all wrong. All right. So anyway, well, thank next you. time we're gonna get it. So all right, so let's play a game, shall we? <laughs> this game is called. Yeah, let's do it. This game's called What If. I don't think we've played this on the show, have we? 
I don't know, but I'm just scared. This is a good game. You'll okay, like this game. Okay, I'm ready. We may have played this. I'm not sure. All right. So the idea is you come up with, I think we have played this. Uh, you come up with an idea for a pitch for a TV show or a movie. Oh, yeah. I like this one. And the idea is to sort of one-up the other person and take some of their suggestions, but make a little adjustment the way a lot of people in Hollywood do, where they'll say, look, great idea about Ted Danson, love the idea, but what if instead of Ted Danson, it was actually uh, Tina Fey? And what if instead of being in the army, she was actually uh, managing the Girl Scouts? Everything else I love. And then it's a totally different movie, and then you go, well, I love that idea, but what if... And so the Girl Scouts, it was actually uh, the um, uh, a dog named Scout. And what if everyone was camping and there was a big forest fire? Um, but you can still keep Tina Fey. Are we pitching yeah. movies? Movie, TV show, anything you want to pitch. Okay. We're just um, in the writer's room. Just, just it's right. a writer's room, basically. Yeah. So uh, so it basically starts with uh, one suggestion. Uh, it can uh, just... Uh, 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 Anything, a word. Are there pairs? Any word. Yes. Yeah, so you and I would do it together, for example. Okay. All right. So, uh, Sean, throw us a word that we can can inspire the pitch. And we'll demonstrate. Play. And just a descriptive word or an end is a myth? Whatever you want. W- road. Road. Okay. <laughs> so check I check this out, Danielle. Uh, I'd like you to hear me out on my, my pitch here. Yeah. So I have an idea for... A tourist attraction. Okay. So essentially it's a road that you go down and you don't know what to expect. And the first thing that you come to is things that are going to attack you. But because you're in your car, mm. you're fine. It gives you a sense of confidence. You keep going down the road. And next thing you come to is a, a, a river and the bridge collapses. But, okay. But there's things that grip your car. So it do, it's a little bit like an amusement park except out in the real world. Right. Ride. Right. And, now, but what if the road, when you first come on and it transitions into said river, river what if it's the yellow brick road okay and so it's kind of like this trippy wizard of oz type world thing right and but then like the yellow brick road turns into a river and you find out all of a sudden when the car flips you're in the upside down and it's like stranger things what do you think of that mashup i actually love that a lot in fact yeah. the, the the yellow brick road in particular yeah. i like but i was thinking what if it, instead of a road it was a cul-de-sac okay like a yellow brick cul-de-sac and what it is is there is an upside down car mm-hmm. i think we should keep that for sure right but it's actually an old rusted upside down car in front of a meth house and there's a meth addict that lives there that's okay. been terrorizing the neighborhood now what if the meth addict represents the wicked witch of the west and has a broom and flies around around and around the cul-de-sac See, now this is really, we're getting into like an adult ride, right? There's no kids, Oh, right? no kids anywhere. Or what if it's a ride for newborns <laughs> and it's actually, instead of meth, it's cotton candy. Uh-huh. So everyone's on a sugar high. No one's teeth are falling out. Maybe some te- people's teeth are falling out, but it's because of the sugar. Okay. I, I, I'm with you, but the one thing I would like to change uh-huh. and then I'm sold okay. is there has to be teams, uniformed teams of newborns against newborns fighting it out to the death. Okay, great, great. And and then in the very end, what if each of their little bassinets like floats up like E.T. on a bike or something? But all upside down. Perfect. Done. Sold. It's a deal. 
Five billion dollars. It's going to be the I'll next Harry it. Potter that's world. That's right. So that's uh, that's what it. That was weird. Yes. <laughs> was weird. So it could be a thing. It could be a movie pitch. It could be whatever yeah. you want it to be. So um, how crazy. about uh, why don't we have Elsie uh, and Sean play? I'll give you a word. Uh, Sean, why don't you lead it off if, if you're if you're okay. so inclined? Uh, the word is vest. Whatever meaning, whatever type of use of that word you wish. What if we just work? At, you know, with a, it's a couple of coworkers, and we live in a you know a small town, small suit shop. We're going to be getting a shipment of vests in. Although one of the guys at the shop, big gambler, he's down thirty forty k. He ends up organizing a little bit of a drug deal that with the drugs hidden in a shipment of vests. And fortunately for us, the owner of the suit shop is also a pastor. So they're really not looking at this guy as any kind of person of interest for any sort of major drug deal. Um, yeah, I like the vests. I like the pastor. Um, but what if we change it from drugs to um, being a fishmonger? Because I think that the pastor on the river, uh, being a fishmonger is going to be a lot more subtle. And still, if you're dealing in rare fish, then still a lot of money and less likely to be caught. Because people aren't really fish experts. So um, I think that we could probably pull that off a lot easier. Drugs are very obvious. Drug sniffing dogs. But dogs don't sniff out fish except for them being fish. The dogs don't know the... The rare fish. Okay. <clears throat> what if the fishmongers, right? I, I do, I am, I am with this, right? They're also, <laughs> they have a, uh, a ship on the water that does Sunday schools. That's where the pastor comes into play. Okay. Now this way is also a sushi restaurant. So this is going to end up what we, you know, a real strong focus of the script is a focus on small business. So then they start. Okay. So now we have a nice small business here. We're running sushi straight from the bottom of the... But this. we still have the vests, yeah. Yes. No, no, no. All the waiters only wear vests. So it's also a male gay bar. So it's like a male gay sushi spot. Only wear vests. Obviously. As if there's any other kind. Yes. I mean, no shirts underneath. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, and then from there we could start... You know, that, Then we could just start to really kind of branch out. Maybe uh, change the entire style of the vest to where there's like a... Where, where the nipple's exposed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hmm. I'm, I'm not so... sure about that. Um, <laughs> what if the vests, instead of having cutouts, just had lots of little pockets? Okay. And uh, that would have uh, an increase with the customer um, interaction. They could dig in the pockets, like raffle prizes. <laughs> now, now, what if what if we have bags of cash? All right, it's bags of cash. All Each right. pocket, <laughs> there's, uh, and, and in the pocket of the... Oh, you know, like the, an male, advent calendar. the gay male strippers. Like an advent calendar on a vest. Yes. Right. Yes, exactly like that. All right. Okay, and obviously, I want to do karaoke on Tuesdays on this. We have to do karaoke <laughs> Tuesdays That's where, because that's where we're going to get the interactions that we need from the community and really kind of bolster up and, and really pad our, our pockets for, with that weekend crowd. Okay. Um, along with the karaoke, though, what if uh, we alternated uh, the every third week of the month? With uh, movie trivia, I'm I'm a big fan of that, and we call it we just call it invest. So it ties back. We're still wearing vests. They got the stuff on the front, uh, and now you're here uh, spending money 
here at the Gay Strip Club with, ready? You're just in, it's like they're investing. So it's like a backdoor meeting for us. It's a little wink, wink, nudge, yeah, nudge thing. Yeah, that's really what I think. I think that's really a powerful message. All right. Yeah. I think we're sold on that one. I'm good. We're that's in. how you play the game. That's great. You I, got, I, I was here I, yelling I, loaves I, and fish because the pastor thing. But I don't know if you guys got that one. No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> That was that was that was the greatest. I love that. Thank you very much. Um, all right, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, it's gonna be all about Sean, all about everybody loves Sean. All about me. Yeah, all about him. Yay. Right after this. Connect with the show at Mouth Media Network or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. And please, for the love of all that is holy, subscribe to the show and leave us a damn review and a really, really good rating on iTunes. Pretty please? Thank you. Everybody, we are here with Sean Latham. He is a comedian. He is a personality on Barstool Sports. That is no small accomplishment. He's also a radio host on Sirius XM. He's done some stuff on uh, Comedy Central. He's done stand up. He or does stand up. A couple amateur say. boxing matches in there. Throw that in there. Exactly. You know, we're tooting our horns. Uh, get the tooting. A couple toot stripper toot. gigs. He was an Air Force test pilot. I don't know. Some of that I'm making Nipple-ish up. Some I'm not. You figure it out. Uh, anyway, uh, Sean, um, let's let's talk about you. Okay. Less about vests and sushi and. I, I will say, though, this weekend I was uh, doing shows in Phoenix this past weekend. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, I found a sweet-ass vest with, like, some nice floral design on it. Nice dark blue. A lot of blues in there. I did a nice little, pa- little uh, pocket, pocket square. square pocket, you know, nice little white pocket square. No coat, you know, yeah. just yeah, rolling so it out. Yeah, you picked it up? It was, yeah. You got it? Yeah, I, nice. I definitely got it. Nice. It was a sweet pickup. Nice little nice little half-off, the half-off sale at the Nordy Rack. Yes, Okay, also, everyone was in Phoenix this weekend. What happened in Phoenix? Country Thunder was going on. Luckily, the same weekend I was headlining. Uh, well, also, Coachella, but that's obviously, you know, that's halfway. Well, that wasn't in Phoenix, though, was it? I no, no, it's halfway in... between Phoenix and LA. Oh, God, okay. I, yeah. No, I like, maybe, I not, friend, maybe more than halfway. I but. had a friend at a wedding in Phoenix, and then I also That's have what another... it that's was. That's what it was. The wedding. Oh, it was the wedding. Oh, wow. What's her name? Yes. I don't even I'm going to be honest. They look beautiful, that. too. I stopped by. They're beautiful. Yeah, after my show, I went by the reception. No, that's what Gorgeous. he needed the best for. Yeah, yeah Ashley and Brian, right? No, yeah, you know, if you actually, if you if Phoenix is a, a, a great destination spot. That's, yeah. I mean, it is well, off I'm from the California, hook. so. Me, too. I'm from I've Los been. Angeles. I also lived in Arizona for a while. Cool. And uh, that's where I started stand-up in 2001 at the Improv. Nice. As a food runner. Oh, that's interesting. So, w- t- t- tell us about your very first moment when you very consciously, Sean, said, "I need to do some comedy." Whatever that meant at the time, whether it was stand up or some other way, what was the first moment you said, "Hey, I'm funny. I should do something with this." Um, actually, I didn't decide. Somebody said a friend of mine from high school. We all worked at this restaurant, Chevy's Mexican restaurant. In Arizona, like 2000. And uh, she was like, hey, my other job has this comedy contest. You should try it. Ooh. You're like, you're funny. You've always been funny. You should try it. I was like, uh, yeah, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't, I had no plan to do it. And then I just, everybody started saying they were going to go. So 
there's like 50 people from this job I have all going, so you have to do it. And then just I just enjoyed the rush. And um, a year and a half later or so, I got the job at the Improv. And then those guys there that were amateurs doing it, so I just started, they just kind of, you know, got me doing it too. And then I just started, you know, here and there doing a mic and then... What was the contest? It was like a do five-minute set or something? Yeah, like a three-minute set or whatever. Something corny, yeah. you know, and small. I didn't win, but... But you experienced you someone laughing. Yeah. And that's all you need. Yeah. Like and it you was... said, the rush. Yeah, that's what the rush. I, you know, I, I got lucky. I padded my first few years with friends. Because uh-huh. I worked with, um, I worked at this, I always worked at this amazing bar that was the most popular bar in, in Tempe mm. called Dos Gringos at the time. Mm. <clears throat> they have a bunch of locations now, but before it was only there and Scottsdale location. Okay. So I, everybody from the city went to this bar. I used to make so much money at this bar. Amazing. It was just a f- great spot. So, and my, the owners of the bar, they bought an old 80s RV and they hooked, they hooked it all up and they just had it for employees. They're like, if you want to go out of the town with it, reserve the driver. Oh and then all you do is tip the driver. So everybody, you know, gets you invite all your friends. And it was just like a free party bus. So I would buy a keg and then or you know, or a bottle, and then I would invite all my friends on and tell me I always gotta tip the guy ten bucks at least. What? That is so And then cool. I would also tip on top. So every show I went to, I would roll thirty to fifty people deep. Yeah. So I had a really that's false cool. sense of how funny I was. That's like a legit. <laughs> that's a legit bringer well, show, though. Up, yeah, you so. literally bring the people that's with smart. you. Yeah, and then everybody wanted me on their show because I could bring a bus, literally a busload of pee drinkers. Yeah. So I just padded my first few years. Wow. And then I ended up moving to L.A. because I had this amazing boss at that job, who now runs the Oso Brewery Empire in Phoenix, which is like five wow. distilleries, breweries, airport, plus a few other small spots. So cool. And uh, he made me move to L.A. He's like, what are you doing here? You know, kept reassuring me, if you leave, it doesn't work, come back. You can have yeah. your job. So he's always on my ass. Yeah. And so I just did it one day. And then I realized how dog shit I was as soon as I got to L.A. And the party bus was gone and all the people I knew were gone. Wow. And then it took me a little couple of years to really get back into it. I mean, I did some terrible stuff at the beginning. Yeah. Why Why did you get back into it? Like, like, what is it that drove you to that didn't make you go, oh, okay, this isn't really serious for me. It doesn't work. I'll go back. Why did you continue? Well, I was still always in my mind a comedian. I just couldn't afford, like, I didn't have, trying to live in L.A. and then still try to get far as shit to these places. You know, it cost money. I had a truck at the time, so I I never could stop writing. I I just yeah. had laps and you know long periods of not performing. So your drive was always there. Yeah, the drive never yeah. left. I always wanted to do it. You know, I did contests before I got there. We would do huge contests, and there would be three hundred people at these improv shows. And we were, you know, everybody was a great crowd, and you would crush. And you know, you I had a real false sense of just like mm-hmm. being a, yeah. uh, getting. I got an early taste of what it's like to kill a room of three hundred when I shouldn't have really been able to because the, the stuff I was saying really wasn't that it wasn't that funny. Mm-hmm. But they were the crowds were awesome. They were into it, yeah, and they made us feel great, and they were supportive and. Yeah. People won, and you had you know the funniest person in the valley contest, where it's a ten week contest. I did this every time, you know. You know. Yeah. Um, and then you know ULA, and then re- reality sets in. But I I always wanted kept I always kept writing, and then uh, I just kind of kind of got back into it, hanging out with Felipe Esparza, and then oh. uh, Edwin San Juan and some other LA guys, and just kept in the scene. And was I moved downtown LA, mm-hmm. and then just kept rocking. And then I started working with Gabriel Iglesias as an opener. So but he actually only helped with merch to begin with. He, I didn't have shit going on. I had no money. Yeah. I didn't have a shit job. I was about to lose my apartment. And then he just happened to say, do you want to go on tour with us? 
you don't go on stage until I tell you, but you just help with merch in the meantime. And I was, and he goes, I'll pay you this much a week. And I was like, yes, I'm, yeah. I'm doing it no matter. Cause I had to pay for no food or anything. You just, just showed up and you were taken care of. Yeah. And then I had no bills. I moved my stuff into a storage unit. So, mm-hmm. so I lived in a tour bus for about four, uh, almost five years. It's at least strong four. Wow. We would leave in January 1st and we'd be done in June. Then we take, uh, at the end of June, then we take off the month of July off. I just sleep on one of my buddies on the tour bus's couch. What a master class for you, too, because not only are you constantly watching comedy, you're also probably getting a chance to talk to a lot of comedians and learn about how they tick and how they think. Well, that, but I got to, even better was I got to see behind the operation of a multi-million dollar comedian and his touring and his TV yeah. and his management yeah. and his producers and his, and his you know tour managers and how he balanced merchandise and how he hired people yeah. and how he became a boss even though he was just a comedian. So I and really probably was... probably also different crowds, like how 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 he would react to that too. I mean, there's like the logistics, but then also like where where did you guys tour? Everywhere. Um All so I've been to, I've been to twenty eight countries and forty nine states. I've been to Alaska. But on them tours, because it was six month clips at a time and then pick up for two and three month two month yeah. and one month clips at the end of the year. But um you just learn that, you know, like I I don't do topical stuff. Mm. Um I don't do anything, you know, I for the most part, I try to appeal to the masses at any age. I want every age and every color and every class to be able to sit in front of me. Yeah. You know, I want a group of eighty year olds and I also want a group of uh, you know, of uh, and only black people to say, you know, both the different different crowds. I want to be able to do that. Yeah. So you know, but you learn that also doing comedy in L.A. You know, so you know, I, I would have Mexican rooms, black rooms, white rooms, young rooms, older rooms, married couples, empty rooms, drunk rooms. Mm-hmm. You know, you just do room, room, room all the time, all these different rooms. And you know, then the Gabriel thing, you have to be really appealing across the board because it went to like deep south, yeah. you know, Boston, uh, you know, random Texas. We, you know, all the way up to Seattle, every single state almost we hit. Wow. So that was really wonderful as far as learning how to talk to everybody. So how did your joke writing and your material, Sean, evolve, would you say, from when you were first doing it in Phoenix to after you've you've seen all this comedy, you've learned operation, you've maybe even thought of yourself a little bit differently, especially after you got to L.A. and it wasn't automatic, you know, laughs again. Did your comedy evolve and if so how did it change your process or how you thought about it uh you know the comedy change evolves with you as a as a human so you know as you've like they would always tell me on the tour bus when you're um when your voice off stage catches up with your voice on stage then you'll have a bus so like now and now that gabriel's manager is my manager dude yeah (laughs) because you know at the beginning you're doing the appearance of what you think is a comedian now i'm just talking i just talk I'm not, you know, I'm the same dude at all times. I just talk on stage as opposed to before I was telling jokes. You know, I had no idea what the hell I just doing what I think is a comedian because I don't you don't know what you're doing. Does that mystify you that people want to pay you for that? Yeah, now it does. The only thing that keeps it realistic with all due respect to your talent or whatever. I just well, you know, making thousands of dollars on a weekend, you know, at this point in my life for just for such minimal amount of quote unquote work, it um you know, it don't happen all the time. I'm just now getting to the point where I'm getting to get fans to come to shows. It's still, it's still a very large uphill battle. I've, you know, I got a cool internet job, but it doesn't mean I'm selling out every show by a, by any means. Mm. So personally, I have not nowhere near, you know, my goals. 
but you know the just I don't know I've you know I lost I just lost my train of thought. Well, I, we we're just talking about how essentially you you're, oh, you're evolu- saying that you, you don't feel like it's a lot of work. Oh yeah, yeah because okay. you're just being you. Yeah, well, I'm I'm calculating that now. Uh, the the unwork that I'm doing is just I'm getting finally getting paid for all the shit I did for the last exactly. fifteen years. Exactly. You know, it's just finally coming. It's like a you know you worked all that time and you just sat there wait for the paycheck really yep. to come in the mail. That's right. how it feels now because of all the shit I did for no, for so much sure. less and so much more money I spent and how much money I lost every single time because I always kept a job up until 2010. I always had a bartending job somewhere. Yeah. So that I can, if I got a show in another city, I didn't care how much it paid. I was like, it just looked like it's a good opportunity. I'm doing it. You know, I, I would, I'd be making money at a bartending job so I can just request a day off and be at B yeah. and drive to San Francisco and do three, do yeah. three nights of shows for, you know, 50 bucks a show or whatever. Yeah. Because I didn't need the money from the standup. I just needed the experience and the set. Absolutely. Who are you looking at out there these days that you, that inspires you in the comedy world? But particularly given who you are and what you're doing. Uh, I like um, Sebastian Maniscalco. He's just a soldier in these streets. Sebastian Maniscalco, I've, I remember seeing that guy for like, when I got it, I did an open mic in San Diego at the comedy store in like 02. And I sat there waiting to go on. After, mm-hmm. And then he was up there and I was just, I mean, I did my little corny ass jokes. And then I got off and I watched him and I was just like, what? And that was 2002. Wow. And then like last month he sold out eight shows at the at Madison Square Garden. So it also shows that work ethic. But I also love what he talks about, you know, how he how he's such a well-rounded. Everything's part of the story. Cool. How you tell it, your body language, things like that. And I also love Chris Stefano as well because he's so Chris. young. I booked him on my show because I don't do stand-up anymore, but I did for like six months. Okay. But Chris, he's like killing it now. And he, yeah, he's he, an animal. I think he hosted one of my shows. It was called Comic Diversity. But he hosted one of my shows, and then I booked him too. And I think he's done a couple sets. He just would like show up for me. Like He's like, I don't need to get paid. I'm just going to do 10 minutes. And yeah. Like I mean, this was like six, seven years ago. But and then I walked down to my subway and there he is on, yeah, the, on wall. the wall. And I'm like, yeah, Chris. Yeah. He that's so cool. And the work ethic. Yeah, we met in Norway at a fest Norway oh, Comedy nice. Festival in 2014. And uh guy's just a uh, you know, he's just a monster. He's just you gotta be able to turn it on and go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh those so those those are a couple of my favorite guys right now awesome. for sure. That's so cool. What about any any favorite gals? Um Taylor Tomlinson, extremely well. Like she's a LA comedian, um, very very young, and yeah, for having the perspective that she, it's almost like she was reincarnated, and and then she has the life experience of a woman that's much older than she is, from the that's way she cool. talks and and explains things and talks. So that's one of my favorites, you know that, uh, you know as far as, because I I always look at myself when I was twenty two, or I couldn't. I, I, what do I have anything to say? I don't have nothing to say. I haven't done shit. I know. Yeah. Some people though, they have yeah, a lot to 20, say already. At twenty two, yeah. though, a lot of most people, anybody, I did think, well, I got to figure it out, man. Yeah, I, right. I mean, well, it. look at people like I know it's a different medium, but look at like Sam Smith or like Adele, like these singers that have all this depth and like uh, artistry to give. So that makes sense that like sometimes some twenty two year olds have that. Well, yeah. I'm gonna check her out. Yeah, you know, I just um. I just didn't have shit to say then. It was just a bunch of goofy ass stuff. So now I just, you know, forty yeah. year old me has just got a lot 
the, yeah. you know, just perspective. It's just perspective. And then you get the muscle of how to say the joke and you see how you see the world and you start fishing for it. And it comes to you and then you put it in your notes and that's it. I would have to say, too, that if going back to like, it's kind of like you're getting paid for all that time that you didn't. Because to be quite honest, showing up and being you is a bravery that a lot of people don't have. So I think that, that may, that's why it translates to success. That's why it translates sure. to money. I think most comedians- Because that, that's hard. Or people who are trying to be comedians who fail do it because they put on an act and they are not themselves. They yeah. try to be funny. They try to yeah. tell jokes and, and invent clever stuff instead of yeah. just being themselves. And if you think about some of the most successful comedians out there, your Bill Cosby's, your Richard Pryor's, your Ray Romano's, your- George Carlin, Tina Fey. Let's Tina keep Fe. talking or about Or Ellen DeGeneres, yeah. uh, Roseanne Barr. You know, these are these are um, uh, Wanda Sykes. You know, these are people whose material generates from their real life things. They're talking about their own life in their own through their own unique lens and, and storytelling. It's courage, though. That's courage. It's a, yeah. It really it really is because yeah. that's yeah that's a huge just to be and like it, I am enough and here I, I am and you like it. Yeah, just, just you know, just having your voice of who you are as a person, and being able to convey it and get make people want to listen, you know, bring them in. So I'd like to get to twenty dollars chef and the st- stuff you're doing on mm-hmm. on the variety of platforms. Before we do, I really like to to dig in on a question, Sean. Um, pretty much everyone I know who's a successful artist or comedian or their or their business or their entrepreneur or successful executive has had that. I'll call it the crying on the couch moment. The moment when you said you've had a, a really bad week, month, year, day, whatever it is, and you say, I, I can't do this anymore. This isn't going to work. I don't have it in me. I'm a failure. Uh, I'm out of money. I, you know, whatever it is. And I know you mentioned about almost losing your apartment, but do you have a moment like that that you can point to that you moved, you pushed past that that's just a moment which you wondered if it was all worth it? And you found the strength, determination, or you just didn't have anything else to do and you just found yourself pushing through that and then it ended up resolving. Um, I, there was a point, I think I had this this loft downtown LA and I just was two months behind on the rent and I had no loot coming in. And I, 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 I remember I had a toy gun in my car and I drove around the city because I had no, I had just like, there's nothing I can do. Like I have to get money somehow. And there was like a moment where I was like thinking to myself, can I just put a fake gun to somebody and like get their money? And I was, that's how like at a point where I was at in my life, how low and shitty I felt that I was like, this is, there's no other way. And uh, obviously I'm just, that's, I can never do that in my entire life, no matter how desperate. So I just drove around for a while, like thinking about it and thinking about it. And mm-hmm. it was just, you know, my, my mother, I, all I could think about is like what my mom would think, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and obviously I didn't do it. And, you know, it's those moments that you go and then you really start to look yourself in the mirror at some wild shit, you know, that could ha- happen because people do things, you know, in dire situations. And then, um, yeah. but you didn't, but then you just have to keep waking up and dealing with it. And then hopefully right when shit gets its worst is when something happens that's a little, just a little bit better than where you were yesterday. It's not going to pull you out, but it is give you hope of some sort. Mm-hmm. So I remember I got like a bartending job that I've been waiting for like four days later, mm-hmm. you know, so 
it I pulled my, ended up pulling myself out of it because I had a really nice landlord who probably was just going to end up losing way more money if she kicked me out because uh. would, no one would have ever moved in there because the building across the street was being, which is now the LA, the LA uh, police department downtown. Oh, wow. You know, it was like a 12 story, you know, jackhammer job that I found out two months after I moved in. So, you know, that was a really bad moment, I would say for sure. And, you know, not just having negative cash in the bank and just, you know, calculating your gas. And then four days later, luckily it happened. I got a job and then it pulled me out. And then you was know. that before you went on the tour? Oh, this is way before, yeah. This, okay. was, this is way before any of that happened. Yeah. Where I was just driving around thinking about it, you know, yeah. just like, man, I don't know what else I'm going to do. And then um, and then it just, then it slowly got better and then, you know, started getting more shows. So... I mean, I, I've never had to worry about any of those mental things that people do, like any kind of suicidal type stuff, right? Yeah. I don't ever have, I've never faced any of that where I was at that moment. All I know is that I have been a lot of low moments and I've been in a lot of absolute, you know, absolutely hungry moments. Mm -hmm. But if you just keep going, like that's the only secret is just keep going. Like something's going to happen. Yeah. Like it's, nobody stays down low unless they stop because then they'll start doing something to cope because they don't want to keep going. So then they'll start doing this and then they pick up this and then that just keeps making things worse, whether it's drugs or alcohol or yeah. robbing somebody or whatever it is. So if you just keep going like the next day, like you just fight through it, like you're going to feel like a piece of shit a lot. Mm. Like it's, you spend a lot of time not feeling great or not being in a comfortable position, but then you just do another day, mm -hmm. just do another day. Just do another day. Yeah. And then something something nice will happen and something else something nice will happen as long as you just keep going. Like that's literally the only secret. I think the only secret to really becoming famous, obviously, you know, there's luck, but luck is what? It's preparation meets timing, you know? Yeah. So, you know, as long as you keep going, something's going to happen, you know? Do you know what I've heard someone say that, and I, I can't even attribute the quote, but um, it was basically about an actor's journey, but this is very similar, is just... Just don't get out of line. It's like you're in line. Yeah, that's you're what it is. You're waiting in line. And just don't get out of line. Yep. Don't, or if you got to get out of line to pee, make sure someone good is holding your spot <laughs> so you can yep. get back into your spot in line. But just all you have to do is not get out of the line. That's interesting. And a lot of people You think do. about the, 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 the people, famous people you've heard of, let's say that, that they had $19 left in the bank and they were – this was their last audition they were going to do, and then they were going to have to give like, it back, the John give it up, Krasinski and go to South story. Dakota again, yeah. you know, whatever. And then they got this gig, and now they're multi-millionaire famous actor, let's say. But you know, they could have quit when they had one hundred and twenty-seven dollars in the bank, or they, they could have quit line. when they had like two thousand dollars. Yeah, in the they didn't say that's as low as I want to go, and they just kept pushing and pushing and, and stayed in line. And you know, luckily, I never had. I know I didn't. I was never in a position to feel stable enough to have a girlfriend. So I was like, if I can't take my girlfriend out to dinner, then I don't really want a girlfriend. Mm. You know, I'm not going to be in a relationship where I feel like some loser yeah. where my chick's paying for everything. And, you know, then she starts, you know, smart, smarting off about it. And then she starts telling <laughs> people about it. Now I'm in this, this vulnerable You had this whole hypothetical box. relationship going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, obviously yeah. sometimes women wouldn't. And there's a lot of women, great women out there that would trust and believe in the, their, their partner and never do that. But yeah. either way, I just, you know, I wanted to be, so I never had any kids, you know, and I just was fortunate. A lot of people, you know, things happen, people make you fall off the wayside. Now, you don't all people don't always stop because they want to. Yep. They, a lot of people have to stop because they have no choice. There's situations, there's life that happens. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. you know, then I just started doing the Snapchat and I was cooking on Snapchat 
And that's how it started. I just started doing cooking and talking shit on my Snapchat while I cooked. (laughs) And then uh, I moved to Indianapolis and just randomly met Pat McAfee. Because I was working on it. I moved. I left LA. I was like, I had been on Comedy Central a couple times. And then um, I just, things weren't going. Nothing was happening. I mean, my act felt great. Mm. You know, I was doing a ton of shows, but not like anything, anything in the world of, you know, it's it. You know, I wasn't doing the coolest Hollywood improv shows or Laugh Factory or Comedy Store shows. Yeah. So I just, my buddy offered me a gig. He said, hey, you know, they own three comedy clubs in the Midwest. They own one in Indy, Dayton, and Louisville. And he said, we're starting this like comedy group. We're inviting one guy from L.A., Chicago, and New York. We want you to be our L.A. guy. So cool. I had been featuring at Morty's Comedy Club for years already. And then they said, we're going to start this group. We're going to call it the Motor Pugs. It's just a group of comedians. Like, we'll do podcasts. We'll do our, we have a show here every Tuesday. We have a cool format for it. We'll get film stuff, blah, blah, blah. And then Wait, the, the weekend, Motor what? The Motor Pugs. Why Pug? They just said that because the Morty's Comedy Club had it. The logo was a pug. I love pugs. Yes. If you look at Morty's Comedy Club, you'll see the cool logo. <laughs> no, like, I love pugs. <laughs> like, it's a... Wow. Yeah, that's, I was like, the, wow. Now I really like need second, your autograph. Yeah, they always thought of it like a, like a minor league baseball team. That's what they thought of. That's so cool. So then we just started doing it together. And wow. I, I would just okay, tour on the weekends. They, they dialed me in with their agent. That booked a bunch of clubs in the Midwest, like these twenty some clubs, almost thirty wow. clubs and, and stuff. So that kept me busy on the weekend. I can make my you know eight hundred bucks or a thousand bucks headlining. Yeah, as a paper to act, and then uh, how long was your set then? You do minimum forty five to an hour. Cool. I usually do an hour. Cool. And then, uh, and then Pat McAfee, who was, was the retired punter from the Colts, he was started was doing stand up, and he went went around looking for openers one night um, for his theater show he had, and I happened. After doing mm. after doing arenas and theaters with Gabriel Iglesias for years, my favorite part about comedy after that was the smallest, shittiest shows. Because I can have the freedom to do and say what I want. I could care less if I do good or not. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and then so Pat saw me at a tiny show and he asked me to open for him. We became buddies and then I got on the Barstool with him then. So $20 Chef, that's the name of the show, your show on Barstool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a, a weekly show. I do I I do two episodes a week, Wednesday and Friday. Right. And and basically what you're doing is you're you just got the platform, you're just cooking something and explaining how you cook it and telling stories along the way or what's Yeah, it's a comedy first, cooking second. But I'm just teaching the eighteen to thirty four demographic. Um, you know, they're losing insight on how to I don't know how to create for themselves, how to show creative a creative side in their life, you know, they just want to stare at phones and and then and then slide in DMs and they're they're losing chivalry, they're losing they're losing any kind of balls it takes to approach women or to accept rejection, you know, they, they just want to go around if, if no one DMs them back, they're upset. That's their form of rejection. Um and I think that that eventually that flaws judgment and character because you just become this person that takes the easy route, you know? So as a comedian, you know, you had to eat on a budget. I couldn't, when I stopped working, I wasn't making much money. You have to cook or you can't, or you can't eat out every day. It's just impossible. So I was just cooking a lot at my house and I would do my Snapchat. And that's what I'm cooking for is that people, I want to just, I do a lot of date ID. I do a lot of date nights. I do, you know, how to have, how to make a cool appetizer for your friend, for your, you and some people before you go out on the town. You know, I bartended for 12 years and I worked in restaurants for years. And I love eating, 
So that's basically what it is. I'm just. It all comes together. Yeah, that that's makes it. so much sense. I just again, talk shit so, and cook. Again, somebody pays you for this. Yeah, it's, it's outrageous that I'm that I'm getting paid. <laughs> Where's the just, kitchen? I'm not saying you're is not working hard. It's my apartment. And oh, okay, come so on. where do you set up your camera? Uh, I have a producer and a second camera. Okay, so you <clears throat> so you are you have it's you and then you have one crew member. Or no, you have two people come. Yeah, two crew members. My my I have my own I have my own producer. So cool. when I got hired, they also I also got to bring my guy with me. Yeah. Great. So he's my editor producer of Great. everything Love I do, it. even my radio show. So he's the main guy. There's always a second camera guy. There's cool. a hand with who's just rotating through work. And then I just some days it's like I did. Uh, I was on this last week on location in Phoenix. So I did my first like as a character, like a prehistoric chef. So I just did some shit in the desert, you know. So I, cool. You know, and then I just made a bunch of dumb stuff about being a prehistoric chef. But I also did an episode with a chef at Oso Brewery, and I brewed beer with their brewmaster. So that'll be those will be two epi- those are episodes themselves individually. So I did so one character, cool. one with a real chef at a really nice restaurant, and I brewed beer also. That's so, fun. Yeah. That's cool. um, the irony is not lost to me, by the way. This is on Barstool Sports. Yeah. And Which is a, a more guy, life cultural thing. It's right. not just sports. It's not really you know? sports. I just think it's yeah. fun. Especially my brand. My brand you is not about sports. Yeah. Or your yeah. Uh and I do tailgates and stuff like that though. Oh hey, well, plenty I mean, of tailgate food episodes. Food and That's sports, fun. they just they, they yeah, go, go together. Which is ironic. I I always remember sitting watching the Olympics, picking <laughs> out and going, This is just wrong. Uh okay, so Sirius XM. Is that is it's a different show that you're doing on Sirius XM? Yeah, this is just this is just it's basically my, a live podcast every day is really what it is. Okay. Sometimes we have guests, sometimes but I have two co-hosts. Yeah. <clears throat> uh I have my boy YP, you know, from the office, personality at the office, and Jordan, who's my co-host. Um and we're very, I pick people like that I kind of strategically pick them because Jordan's like 24-year-old young woman who's been at a, you know, she went to a Christian college where they couldn't dance or you know, do shit. Uh and She's only been out of that for less than two years, you know, about two years. Wow. YP's this Midwestern hockey guy. He's Mr. Outdoors. You know, I'm the I'm the just a 40-year-old dude that's been <laughs> just chasing a dream, you know, doing and just doing whatever, you know. And uh we kind of come together like that, nice, and there's a lot of different different perspective. And you know, we well, we obviously we get to take callers, we have guests. Today we had on uh Jordy Manuel, who's the 2019 playmate of the year. Oh, wow. You know, but she was extremely well-rounded and talked about all kinds of stuff. Because you're only going to think like Howard Stern-esque, you know, right? Like he asks, asks all some questions. Yeah. But it's a lot of sexually related stuff. Um, And I like to experiment and not just do that, you know, like right. I'm going to try. Because it's already been done. So, you know, ask everything. And then, but we also had yeah. the guy that was the, that gets his face painted, magic, like amazingly face painted. that sits behind the, the bench at the Blue Jackets game every, the 3-0 right now on Tampa, I think. Or some shit. So we have a bunch of different guests. And some days it's just us. And we're just talking about whatever. That's so well, cool. I appreciate that. Because uh, this show, part of my idea is, yes, we explore the nature of humor and stuff like that. But we're also goofing around playing improv comedy and talking about life. But I want to make sure that every interview that we have has real heart and depth to it. You know, it, and I think that's what makes separate it aside from just your typical you know, bunch of people in their garage talking about humor or trashing each other is that, is that, you know, we're trying to really get some depth here. And I think what you guys are doing can, you know, really separate you from the pack also. Um, question I have that's been running through my mind, Sean, is where you are right now, 
where does that sit on your trajectory of where you want to be in the long game? Is this step one or does this feel like you've arrived or what do you, I don't I'm not even trying to ask you like what's next for you. I'm, I'm asking like, where are you shooting for that would make you feel like, all right, I did it. Or is this it? And, and then hopefully there's something bigger. Uh, it's it's basically what I'm doing, but with much larger numbers. So I want to have obviously across the board, you know, social media numbers. But I want more fans that watch my show, so my show gets bought for more. Uh, with ad space, that makes my salary go higher, and then that makes my fan base go larger. So on the weekends, I'm going to be pulling twenty to thirty thousand, fifty thousand a weekend telling jokes. That's the real freedom, you know, when you start just really letting it letting it fly and getting fans gotcha. and doing fun stuff, you know, and. Uh, and just whatever comes along with it, really. That's awesome. You know, so, I just I just want to keep on. I just enjoy cooking and talking shit, and I enjoy cooking with like now I've been getting celebrities on my show this year, which has been pretty fun. Oh yeah. You know, I've done like 120 some episodes, I think. So, so we just started with doing like cool. I had Chris Jericho on my show recently, which was really amazing because I'm you know since 1999 I've known of this guy, and I've been a wow. fan of his, and now I'm cooking the steak with him. Like it doesn't make sense, you know. But see, that's so. There's something so powerful. I know it's like you know breaking bread, like the saying, like together. But no, there is so you. something so powerful about that, like with 100%. food. It yeah. can. It really connects. So and that's it, really awesome. And all these people that come on the show, they're all just awesome, and they just love cooking, and everybody just loves eating and cooking, and just the conversation around it is. It just kind of mellows it out. Like yeah, we're just because there's an activity, and we're not focused on each other. It's. We're just doing this and we're also talking, you know, that's the whole, that's why cooking is so awesome. And that's why I'm always telling dudes, you know, uh, or women, whoever, cause I get approached by couples at shows by, by guys, by older couples. Um, you know, they love to, I get, they get, they show me they're, they're cooking it, that it's just about putting in effort. You know, you don't the money, money, effort doesn't cost money, you know? So, you don't if you're a boyfriend, you don't have that much money. I don't want dudes to feel like I felt like they would. Like, I, you know, yeah. I want them to be like, well, I don't have much money, but guess what I can still do? I can still knock this date this date night out of the park at my house. Yes. <laughs> I can still get a make a ball of dough and me and my girlfriend can sit here with flour on a, in, all over the counter and we could roll out a pizza and then we can, you know, we both picked vegetables and the meats that we wanted earlier and she does the yeah. sauce and I do the cheese, you know, and we're making out and having a glass of wine while we're doing this and it only costs $18 because... You only need two yeah. bell peppers, Way better. you know, some pepperoni, cheese, sauce, and dough ball that you can buy like a for four ninety nine at at Whole Foods already done. Even if you don't want to make your own dough, or Trader Joe's. Yeah, Trader Joe's. That's what I meant. Yeah, I knew. No, it. I dig this. I mean, it's, I, I, I think about it. some of the most fun that my fiance and I have had, like having people over, is like when we made homemade pizzas together, and we have all these ingredients, and yeah. we make it together. You become a team. That's it. Especially when you invite people over. Now it's you guys together. Laying yes. it out for other people. That's what yeah. it's, and I do episodes like that too. You're having a groups of thing, you know? I do a lot of, uh, you know, appetizer, charcuterie boards, um, you know, just anything that, that is a gathering around of, you know, yeah. like that's what the move is. And, and you don't have to be, you don't have to be rich. Absolutely you not. You don't have to be rich have for it. Have you heard of the, uh, the show Eat Our Feelings? No, I haven't. Okay, you you should look it up. I'm on it, so shameless plug. No, but I I play a character on it. But what it is, it's essentially these two, um, they're actresses, but they're also chefs, and they incorporate like a story narrative into it. Okay, that sounds nice. And they're teaching you, and they say you'll need apple cider vinegar, one cup of this. So like, but it's it's in their own quirky style. And it just it just made me think of this. They they haven't done a season in a while, 
But and so I think that they should keep going. I think that that's like this. What you're saying now might. I'm probably going to send them this episode because <laughs> I'm going to be like, hey, guys, keep going, keep going. <laughs> so when you do the show, Sean, thinking about what Daniel just said, when you do the show, what's the moment like when you feel like, damn, this episode worked? This this one was one of the one of the ones for the archive. Uh, $20 Chef? Yeah. <clears throat> Honestly, a lot of well, let's talk about both shows. Let's talk about twenty dollars chef first. Um, a lot, a lot of times, I'm not even sure that it did it. I'm like, I don't know if this one's funny enough. I don't know if this this one was gonna fly. Still to this day, last week I was like, ah, oh, we're doing that one in the in the desert. I'm like, oh, do we have enough stuff? Like, is there enough? Do we? Is this gonna be funny? Are we, you know, because as a comedian, I'm used to you know, like we got we got that whole hour is banging. I want people to like the moment they're just trying to finish, stop laughing at something else. They can't help it because they're coming into something new. Um, and then they take them for that ride for that for that forty five where they're just busted up, and they can't even think about what's being just got done said. And we're already onto this, and we're moving, and it's a complete just shootout. Yeah. As opposed to filming when you you know I get bits in mm. and I get my stuff off, and I know that it's going to be condensed. If it takes us an hour to shoot it, I know it's only getting condensed to five to nine minutes. Yeah. yeah. So it is going to be funny, but from having a you know a comedian muscle, you know muscle brain of. You know, just an absolute barrage with, you know, it's like one of those guns on top of a Hummer that just unloading with the two hands, you hold it as opposed to just one offs like a sniper and then cut down to sound like, you know. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. So that's the main difference. But I have trust in my editor now. Yeah. You know, and I have trust. (laughs) I have trust in my editor and uh, and it just kind of always seems to work out. Luckily, I don't. I don't write. And your editor is your producer that you've yeah. had for a while. That's uh-huh. so cool. I love. I resonate with that a lot. I love having my crew. Yeah, and and on the radio show, I think when we go start going down a path where no one expected, and mm. then the people getting on it where the callers and I can start like, all right, so we'll hit up some really fun points. We'll make fun of some things. Things will be going around and around, and then we'll get to a point where I can find that and then get the people interested so much that they all that they flood the lo- phone line. So when I hit that, when I see that light up, I'm like, all right, they're all in on it. Let's go. And I just start knocking out calls. That's when I I feel really good uh, on cool. the radio show. Go make the stand up a little bit as we kind of round out this conversation. And I just marvel at the career that you 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 carved out for yourself. And what I love so much about your career, Sean, is that I really feel like unlike some of the people that we know or we talk through, everyone works hard. Everyone's achieved something. But I really feel like you earned this. You know, you you just you just earned it. And whether or not you're curing cancer or doing this or doing that, it doesn't matter. The point is, is you you're where you are because you just ground it, you earned it, you tried it, you pushed, you stayed with it, you stayed in line, all those things. Okay. So my question is, what's a joke that you can remember you just believed in? And it just didn't seem to work, but you knew it was good. And you just kept trying it out because you didn't want to let it go. You didn't want to put it aside because you just thought it was a good one. And sooner or later, it's just going to work. I have a joke. Let me think for a quick second here. I think I know this, but I just want to scan over some other ones okay. real quick. I don't mean to put you on the spot. I, just... I would say that my biggest surprise of a tweet becoming a six or seven minute joke hmm. Is a joke that I have that I closed with for years, that I just started going away from. But it's about my uncle having a a um, 
prosthetic leg, but then he gets a D, he gets a DUI. You know, he had his, he gets that diabetes, ends up having his leg removed, gets a prosthetic leg, gets a DUI, gets an ankle bracelet put on there, and he still goes out and parties. And I and then he wants me to take the leg with the bracelet around town to do things for it, uh, so he doesn't violate probation. That one took like a while, and it got lost in the middle where I couldn't just find it, and then me being responsible for the leg and be you know that kind of part of it that really turned the joke but also this joke about how um people you know deep down we all act like we're we're against you know we're like we're we're tired of homeless people asking us for stuff but deep down that is just and that's just the envy of us because they give zero fucks and we wish we could give mm-hmm. not care that much too so that, you know, the joke is like, I, you know, I go, have you ever been just stressed out? So if I'm talking to a crowd, right, and I always talk to the crowd, like I always, it's always an individual show, no matter what. There's usually 20% of crowd work happening and I don't ask them what they do and I don't ask them about mm. their jobs or their relationships. I just tell them what I think. And then I get involved and I do my observational stuff and whether I talk about their, and I never hurt feelings. It's always in a fun way. I do lazy eye material up front so they get, they get, they understand that no one here is taking themselves too seriously. I might make fun of your gold chain, your shoes, or your shirt. Uh, as as might as well, and I will make fun of myself. So no one's safe. It's all happy go lucky mm. shit. You know, no one's here to make you regret showing up. You're, you're giving. You're saying the lazy eye because of yourself. Yes. So you know, I've got. That's. I always have some sort of small open eye, opening lazy eye joke just so that that we're all on the same page. Okay. And then uh, you know that, and uh, so I'm saying that because the lazy eye doesn't come across directly on audio. So yeah, you're right. (laughs) It's hard to hear the lazy eye. It's not been done yet. It's subtle. Sorry, go ahead. Subtle. Yeah. So there's a guy in the front row. He was very. You could tell he's very into working out. You know. So I always establish something going on in the crowd, and then uh, when I do the homeless joke, I'm like, you know, come on, man, you get it when you're stressed out. You know, you can't fight. You're all out of muscle milks. Your proteins are all, you know, you were empty. You didn't have that last scoop of pre-workout. You know, that one dude's on your favorite machine. You know, you're stressed out, bro. You understand stress. These are things that, so that, but I'll address it to whoever I've already speaking with in the crowd. Yeah. And then I'm like, you know, you, you're you walking down the street. And you just see this asshole laying there on the ground at like 2 p.m. on a Tuesday, not giving a fuck. Like this guy, like I am so envious of that. Deep down, I wish... I couldn't give a fuck that much too. Like some days I wish I could just let it all go. Yeah. And I just, then I lay down on the ground. I'm like, all right, bro, I'm with you guys now. And then <laughs> I do this joke about uh, drug pockets on the, you know, hit. Well, anyways, it's, there's a callback in there to, to all, you know, cause all drug, anybody that's ever done meth also was probably named Stevie. Like there's always a Stevie that does <laughs> meth. Stevie's love to do Coke and meth. So then I'll be like, what's your name? And he goes, Stevie. And then, uh, you know, we're talking, and I have this whole thing where I'm like laying there. You ever just see him down there? So I have a movement. There's obviously a physical aspect in the yeah. joke because I'm laying on there. And then I was like, get up slowly. I go, that's why, I'm, you know, I never give homeless people money. Like, I'm not going to ruin everything he's worked for, fuck his life up, and help him get back on his feet. <laughs> Do you know how long it took? So it, for that to all to come together was very yeah. hard, and I couldn't get past. Because right. at, at the beginning, of the joke could be, are you being mean? Are you be, Is this joke being, yeah. is the perspective completely not even true? Um, yeah. And then I just knew that. There was something there, and I just kept on. I would just always throw it's it in the middle a, somewhere. A complex journey there that that must have taken a while to put all those pieces together. Did you think of that, uh, Sean? That cerebrally, or did you to just kind of like layer itself? The more you kind of did it, and you found something and said, "Okay," and you found something, and that happened, and very organically began assembling itself. Yeah, no, the jokes always start off this way, and then they end they. 
Every single, that's why it's important from the repetition. Because you'll say the joke again, you'll say the joke again. And uh, I'm not very robotic. So a random stuff will always come out. So what'll happen is I record every single set. So then you say the joke, you say the joke, and then the 10th night you say the joke, another line randomly came out of it. And it's like, that line worked really well. And then uh, the 15th time you say the joke, one of your homies that's a comedian in the back goes, oh, you could also say this. So then they'll throw yeah. you a tag, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't like all you don't always hit the tags. You appreciate the tags, you accept them, but it doesn't mean you you implement them. But a lot of times you know you have a really funny group of friends, they give you and that you mesh with other comedians that you hang out with and do shows with, they they write your style, they understand your style. And a lot of times as a comedian, you can throw other funny lines at other people's jokes way better than you can your own jokes. So then there's little small moments like that. And then you know, I'll be telling you, I'll be listening back to the material, and I'm like, oh, I could say this. And then, then I'm hearing myself do the joke, and now I'm also like, oh, well, here's where I can say this, because there's always that factor of what else. Like every joke is what else, what else. Like what else can you add? You just go right down the the part of the joke in the beginning, the middle, and the end. Where can I add on to this? What can so listening to it a lot, doing it a lot, and then the repetition of randomly having new things come in and thrown into it, and just it's kind of like fixing up a car, you know. Yeah. Just order new parts for or, it. Or tossing a salad. Yeah, <laughs> We're going to go salad. with that's a right. little, you know, food analogy. Yeah, uh, so that's, that's how they build the jokes. Okay, final question. What is your celebrity work crush? If you could have the opportunity to collaborate on any type of project with anyone that's out there, whether they be – an artist, whether they be a celebrity, uh, like in, in you know, actor, whether a singer, athlete, business person, who would be the person other than just someone that's writing your checks, you know, just to, your sugar daddy? Who would you want to collaborate with? I wish you asked me. I wish I would have done the show a year ago. I would have said Anthony Bourdain, without a doubt, mm. number one yeah. guy that I would want to collaborate with would be him. Uh, right now, the thing is, I have to, no, she's just like this. I don't know. See, the thing is, I decide: do I want to? Would it be the on the food side, or would it be on the comedy side? Well, you went to food first, like nobody's business. Clearly, that's you know. You know, I just I just like when people have just been so many places and done so much stuff, because that perspective is so hard to to earn and 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 have locked and loaded. People with that perspective, like. And it messes you up after you get older and then you do a lot of shit, you know, and then you and then you look up to people and hang out with people who also do a lot of stuff. You know, uh, it makes it really hard to, like, listen to a, people's opinions when they know you haven't, they, when you know they haven't done shit. You're just yeah. like, you know, you're still nice and respectful, but when they're passionately telling you something that you know that they really don't know what the hell they're talking about because they haven't done it, yeah. you know, then... Uh, but I, I mean, outside of that, I'd you have to say a big you, fan of Brian Regan. Oh yeah, yeah. Or, you know, uh, you know Seinfeld. Those dudes just be able to pick their brains and hang yeah. out and just work with them and do stuff would be. Brian wonderful. Regan is like super clean, right? Yeah, I love him. So but the way he tell, the way he sets, yeah. <clears throat> the visual of what's being done and said, and how he's Truly. like it could be as goofy or as smarter than you have ever seen, ever heard on either spectrum. Oh, you know. Yeah. Like a walkie-talkie, you walk and you talkie. Yeah, you know, like yeah, it's so just good. so much. Maybe Jim I Carrey. It. I don't know. It's Jamie Fox. I don't, just people that have just they're just mind-blowingly what their create what their creative level and their creative outputs yeah. are, and the amount of money that their creations 
bring it's in incredible. because people love it it's so great. much. I know how hard it is to sell a ticket. Yeah. $120 ticket is hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 50,000 person tour sold out in one minute. Unbelievable. Like those people that do that yeah. type of shit. Incredible. Uh, yeah. To make people want to come to you that bad is really, is not an easy task. Yeah. Uh, so I respect every single ticket sold. Because I know how hard it is to even give away oh, tickets and great shit. Yeah. I love people that at least appear to stay humble in spite of that kind of stuff. Someone that comes to mind to me is Ray Romano. That I'm not assuming how you may think about him, but I, I another believe, great, another great no, artist. He's, he's a great he's artist. Awesome. He 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 just it looks so effortless for him. It, it appears effortless for him the way he just. It's like he's just talking to you. Yeah. And but I believe him to be genuinely pretty humble and not taking himself too seriously, and yet. He can fill places. Clearly oh yeah, he's made theaters. An enormous oh, amount yeah. of money. You know, um, I'd go with Dave Chappelle too, just because I was so yeah. in love with the Chappelle Show mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and so in love with his specials. Yeah, just the humor. You know how they are. His his thought process. Yeah, how he brings things together, and ma- yeah. it's just something else. And Chappelle Show, I still walk around quoting. You know, the Mad Real World because yeah. mm-hmm. I just can't get it. Looky here, Chad. Every time I meet a dude named Chad, I say that to him. Looky here, Chad. When you in my room, you sit down when you pee. Now get your fat ass out of here if I cut some bacon off your back. <laughs> like that whole sketch was so hilarious to me that I, I mean, I, to this day, you know, I just can't get enough of it. Oh my gosh. All right. Uh, shout out to Tina Fey, by the way. Anyway, uh, listen, um, how can people, fi- dude, there's nothing I'd like more than right now to just sit for two or more hours, have a few beers, and just. I wish this wasn't a point when we had to kind of move on to the next thing, but I am grateful for you being here. This has been a journey. It's been inspiring. And how can people that aren't already following you and checking out what you're doing, check out what you're doing um, and get to know you? All, all my cooking, all my $20 chef stuff, you can just Google $20 chef or you can go to barstoolsports.com and then go to shows and then you click $20 chef and there's just a stream of all my episodes. Yeah. Anything on Twitter or Facebook is uh, at my, this is my name, at Sean Latham. S-H-A-U-N-L-A-T-H-A-M. It's Instagram as well. It's all that same stuff. My website, SeanLatham.com. Yeah. Uh, that has you know, my tour dates. It has it has uh, my, my social media. Perfect. That's fantastic. I have a favor to ask you. Yeah. Uh, say no. That's fine. Uh, in one of your upcoming shows, can you work bacon into it somehow? Bacon? Yeah, just yeah, yeah, find no a way problem. to work bacon. We're all about bacon here. Uh, I've got a song out there <laughs> called The United States of Bacon, which is not a plug for the song, but I'm just telling you for Yeah, context. I'll do that, no problem. Well, we've uh, had it on an bacon. episode. Yeah, yeah exactly. Go the, back and listen. But I'm, but I'm saying, I just, you know, that's that's like when Carol Burnett tweaks her ear or whatever, you know, and she yeah, just yeah. does for her mom. So we'll just know the bacon. That's for you. It's a shout out. It's just the man. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, we, we wish you... I feel like I want to wish you all the success in the world, but I don't think you need that from us. I mean, it's just, it's so clear. You're just, I'm just doing it, man. You know what I mean? Hey, it could collapse any day, so. I know. Congratulations. Keep it moving. Always welcome on this show. But like, Sean, (laughs) to be honest, like, you know, I just, there's, you're special, man. Yeah, I agree. Like, you really are. I agree. And I hope the people listening can hear that on the airwaves. But like, I think that that's yeah. that that's what it means. This is not, and if it were to collapse, like you would actually figure it out. Yeah, this is this you know? is not like, like uh, I have faith. Thank you very much. I appreciate this is not that. like fan glow here. This is just like recognizing when someone just got that thing and doing that thing. So. Yep, agreed. All right, so uh, uh, quick break, and we'll come back. End of show, food, because it's the end of the show. 
Oh my food. god. What kind so, of food we got? Uh you'll find out in one second. We'll be right back. This is a test of the emergency stupidity system. If this were an actual stupidity emergency, you would hear the special alert phrase, funny people talking. This is funny people talking. Oh, crap. All right, everybody. It is the end of the show, and that means it's time for... End of show food. That's right. Sing it, Danielle. End of show food. (laughs) I gotta figure it out. We'll figure I it out. Figure anyway, it out. Uh, that's gotta... the time of the show where uh, Elsie has scoured the earth trying to find really interesting and different snacks. The whole earth. Uh, food. It could be drinks, could be food, could be snacks, could be anything, anything from jerky. I, don't, to I never understand why you say food or snacks because aren't snacks food? It, it, whatever. It's, food. Uh, it's, 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 Elsie will catch you slipping. Anyway, Do not slip around. I know. Her. <laughs> I, she might like me. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Keep you on your toes over there. <laughs> but she, she does. But uh, what I was going to say is uh, she'll she'll share what it is. She'll tell us when we can eat it. She's very particular about that. And then when we <laughs> read it, the, ch- the opportunity it is to give some feedback, Sean, in the form of a rating system of chickens. The number of chickens that the rating system is out of One is what? entirely up to you. Anything you so want. So it could oh, okay. be out of 50,000 chickens, out of 87 chickens, whatever okay. you want. Everybody chooses their own. And uh, and we'll tell what we think. So, Elsie, what do you have for us today? Um, so today I have squish marshmallows. And the flavor that I chose is banana pudding. Oh, okay. Banana pudding marshmallows. I, Do they have weed in them? That's a weed. That's a table looking bags. You buy some <laughs> edibles in there, else. Oh, boy, oh, Big boy. fan of that. If that's the case, please well, let that yeah, have take a picture of that. 20, 30 milligrams in there. <laughs> banana is a code word. <laughs> it's like Toledo else. banana. You know what I really want now are, is like a good old Nilla wafer banana pudding. Like, oh, doesn't that sound good? Well, this is kind of that. Okay, so so what's in it? What's in it, Elsie? Um, All right, I'll tell you. Uh, Banana marshmallow, vanilla, vanilla wafer cookies. (gasps) Done and done. It's pure. There's no special stuff. Sorry, Sean. It's all right. I've got enough in my system that I can just still trick it. Perfect. (laughs) To thinking. It's like that thing oh when you're at the God. gym and you run for so long. Are you so happy with the smell? And then yeah. you're done running, but you're walking, what's the, but your what's body the smell like? still running. See? That's exactly the same thing. I got All right, give him, a, give, him a, give him a whiff. That, sound, that smells delicious. Now take yeah. yourself a marshmallow. Look at this. Okay, can I smell? Oh, smell my gosh. Smell it smell? Oh. Banana bread, very... Oh. Smell, right, oh, my gosh. It literally smells like banana bread. It, it, like really good fresh baked banana bread. And guys, I thank love you. anything marshmallow. Now the do you marsh- do desserts on your. I'll show? be honest with you. The marshmallows look a little bit like I, um, I did once, like dough. He or started. Like... Uh-oh. All right, one, two, three, go. <laughs> okay. oh, sorry, I tattled. <laughs> mm. mm. Oh my god! They look like some sort of dough or whoa Middle Eastern bread or. It still has all the all of the characteristics of a classic marshmallow. Wow, Whoa. that is really interesting. It's, it's a like little, a spongy. Mm-hmm. It's mm. a little dusty. It's a little. Uh, I like the dust on marshmallow, though. But would you put this in like a hot chocolate? I guess. Yeah, this sure, can be whatever. served with like. I, a I have to. Can I? I have to read these ingredients. Okay, go ahead. Oh I'll my see. god. So the ingredients in order, right? First ingredient: 
I kid you not, says love. I tasted that. You did. Right away, the first bite, I tasted that. Right. So it says love, sugar, water, honey, vanilla wafers, um, cottonseed oil, whey, egg, salt, bananas, gelatin, vanilla extract. It's all good. Maybe the cottonseed oil is the special. (laughs) Maybe that's what it is. I'm also... Cottonseed. The honey, I mean, this is just nice. Yeah, this is, is really, really complex. There's a lot of flavors. Guys, wait, what's cottonseed oil? Can I? I, I gotta tell you, they they had them chocolate dipped also, but I didn't. I, I you'd go back I and get pure. those now, wouldn't you? I like that. I like yeah. the decision. It's like when yeah. is enough enough? Yeah, you know. Yeah, that would be really sweet with the cotton with the, with the wow. chocolate chocolate dipped or cotton. I'm in love. Okay, all right. I'll so let's go. It. Go ahead, Danielle. Yo, I, I, end of show food has really been winning for me lately. I'm gonna do 784 out of 784 chicken. Wow, we another wow. perfect score. Gobble, we recorded gobble. an episode earlier today, also, and there was yeah. another perfect score on that. So that's amazing. Uh, Elsie, what, what do you got there? Seven. Wow. Yeah. What about you, Sean? What's your rating for this one? I'm going to go 95 out of 100 chickens because, yes, you know, there's got to always be a, a nothing is, I'm not sure there's anything that is actually perfect. And if it is, it's perfect for each individual person. It's oh, different. This is so really I'm going to go like... strong. Everybody's got this, the, you know, across the board 95 chickens. A strong A. Yeah, strong. That's a strong A, a not yeah. an A minus, not an A plus. You know, it doesn't leave your fingers sticky. It's got it's got the perfect texture. It's classic marshmallow with a with a strong banana with a nice little yeah. honey softness on that on, on the back there. I, I really enjoy that snack. I'm gonna go with nine point five out of eleven chickens, oh. and, and and only because um, I did enjoy and appreciate it. It was complex. I appreciated it. I, <laughs> I like a piece of art. You're a complex guy. But, I could tell. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, but I, he chopped but, a but, chicken in half. But I did not. But nine point five um, is. Chopping. Oh, that's true. I did. Um, chopping chickens. The, the deduction was largely because I don't know how many more of them I want to eat. So I had one. Mm. I appreciated it. it was an incredible mm, experience. But I yes. couldn't just like down it. Like these are not Twizzlers to me, where I could just, you know, like how, I don't yes. know. I don't know. Like I'd go next Tuesday and go, damn, I need me one of those 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 marshmallows I had. I'm like. Had it. Going to talk about it. Maybe that's that cottonseed oil, though, is going to make you want. <laughs> Maybe a nice little espresso with some Baileys in there. Oh, dude. I'll go nice okay. with that. I'm so in your jam on okay. that. I love that. Yes. Cool. All right. Well, this has been a truly enjoyable episode. Sean, not only thank you for being here, but thank you for spending so much time with us today. It was real quality time and, and grateful. All right. Best of luck to you, Sean. Uh, trust me, I will be starting to tune into your uh, $20 Chef show. I just. I got to hear it. So I'm so excited. I got to watch it, I should say. I'm going to learn from it and make something that you made. Yeah. Tell Thank you about you. it. So uh, we'll be looking for that bacon. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much, man. I appreciate We're you guys. Great to meet you. All right. That's it for this episode of Funny People Talking and a good one, too, I think. So uh, it that's, was. yeah, that's it for, I suppose, the crappy one from last. No, I'm, uh, it's not true. Yeah. Guys, delete that's not every true. other episode other that's than this. Not true. Just I know. keep this one. Anyway, uh, anyway, thank you all very much for listening. We really, really, we appreciate it, don't we, Daniel? I do. Yeah. We appreciate it, right, Elsie? Do you, Elsie? Yep. <laughs> no? I said, yeah. Oh, she said, yeah. Sorry. She said, yup, technically. Hear. I said, yup. She's up, yup. Anyway, so I wonder how that came. Yeah. People just, oh, I guess people just go, Whoop. so that's not right. Okay. All anyway, right, yep. uh, for Elsie. Thanks, bye. And Danielle. Good night or good morning, depending when you're listening. 
Okay. Uh, I'm Mark Rako. Uh, have a wonderful day, everybody, and stay funny. This has been Funny People Talking. Thanks for listening. As if you had anything better to do. This has been Funny People Talking, a production of Mouth Media Network, copyright 2019. No portion of the content may be reproduced or published without the strict written permission of the producers. Connect with our show at at Mouth Media Network or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. I'm your announcer, Peter Coleman. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. <laughs>